Welcome to Pete Care's Stories of Hope and Healing podcast. We have 11 episodes exploring the hope and healing framework. This framework sets the foundation for caring and working with young people in residential care in a way that understands and responds to trauma. The Hope and Healing Framework was written by Encompass Family and Community. In this podcast series, you'll be listening to the stories of young people previously in residential care, practitioners with residential care experience, and experts who were part of the advisory group for the Hope and Healing Framework or are specialists in trauma and child protection. All young people on staff have been given a pseudonym to protect their confidentiality. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are warned that episodes may include names and voices of people who have since passed away. This, this idea that we need to belong, and if we don't belong, it's acutely painful. Every young, young Aboriginal Torres Islander person should be given the opportunity to find out who their family is so that, as I said, they can form their own identity um, and establish a sense of belonging to a particular community. Welcome to the eighth episode of Peak Care Stories of Hope and Healing. I'm your host, Dr Chelsea Leach from Pracademics. In our last three episodes, we explored building a young person's capacity for relationships, connecting them with families, community and culture, and developing their emotional know-how. In the Hope and Healing Framework, these concepts are part of a focused therapeutic approach with young people in residential care. In this episode, we will be exploring the final concept, building a positive identity. As this podcast will be listened to across Queensland, we'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander traditional owners, as well as the elders past and present and emerging community leaders. We'd like to acknowledge the hardships suffered by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children and families in the past. We hope this podcast is sensitive to their experiences. Finally, we would also like to acknowledge the important contributions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders, professionals and volunteers make to the child protection sector. In this episode, you'll be hearing from one young person, Mark, as well as an experienced residential care worker, Peter. Finally, we've included five experts in this episode who will explain to us how all of the concepts we have covered build a young person's positive identity. You'll be hearing again from Howard Bath and Lisa Hillen, who are part of the expert advisory group for the Hope and Healing Framework. You will also be hearing from Dion Tatau from the Queensland Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Child Protection Peak. Finally, we will also be hearing from trauma and development expert Dr. Russell Pratt and international expert Kevin Creedon. We hope that their stories and ideas will bring to life this important element of hope and healing. In the hope and healing framework, positive identity is vital for sustained well-being of a young person. It is related to a young person's sense of self or a sense of knowing who they are and feelings of self-worth, that is, that they are worthy in the eyes of others. For young people in residential care, their past need to focus on survival often means that these areas are underdeveloped. Young people may have an uncertain sense of identity, and in particular, their cultural identity, if there has been a loss or disruption to connections with family and community. Kevin Creedon an international expert on neurodevelopmental impact of trauma, spoke about the basic needs of children and young people that must be met to help develop their sense of identity. Um, I really think the kids we work with are like 
all kids. And I would say they have three basic needs. Uh, how do you get adults in your environment to care about you? How do you get accepted by at least some portion of your peer group? And how do you become competent at the stuff that you do every day? Uh, and whether that is school or sports or music or video games or whatever it is, we all have a need to have a sense of, of competency and control. Kevin highlighted that young people can build a positive sense of identity by experiencing caring relationships with adults, a sense of belonging and a sense of competence, which is gaining mastery in areas of interest to them. If you've been listening to this series and you are familiar with the Hope and Healing Framework, by now you will notice that these three areas relate to other focus areas, including building capacity for relationships, connections to family, community and culture, and developing emotional know-how. So each of those areas of therapeutic focus will contribute to building a young person's positive identity. In our episode on emotional know-how, Dr. Ross Pratt spoke about the importance of young people developing an understanding of their inner world in order to manage their emotions. However, he also explained that this was important in order to develop a sense of self. Assisting a young person to understand their inner world. Um, and the best way to do that might be to avert it by saying, you know, do you like to do this or would you like to do that? Can we do this together? Because it, it does two things. First of all, it, it assists the person asking the questions to get to know the young person they're working with. But it also um, then puts the onus on the young person to reach within themselves and actually think about what they like to do and how they like to do it. And so, of course, it does enrich their inner world by, by really sort of getting to think about, well, what do I like? Um, how do I respond to other people? Am I comfortable with this person? Um, in other words, you know, how am I in this world? How am I in this residential unit? How am I with this worker? Um, and inner worlds, you know, like using that terminology a lot, you know, inner worlds really are just that. How do I, how do I actually work? You know, how do I click? How do I function? Um, you know, what am I scared of? What do I like? Where do I feel safe? You know, they're, they're the small everyday things, not the, not the huge things that make up your inner world. Lisa Hillen also explained how developing emotional know-how means helping young people to get in control of their emotional experiences. And the more that young people get in control of their emotional experiences, the better they'll feel about themselves. And then I think we have to help kids understand what's happening in them, in their bodies. You know, trauma changes how you think, act and behave. It changes your brain structure. It changes your body reactions. So that kids are doing things um, at times in fight, flight or, you know, freeze because that's what their bodies are trained to do. And if young people realise that they're, they're able, you know, that's what's happening to them, they can stop feeling mad and they can start getting in control of it. Lisa also highlights the importance of relationships and how a persistent allegiance with a young person or unconditional positive regard from a carer can shift a young person's perception of themselves. She spoke about feedback from a young person that she had worked with in residential care. At some point, you so saw what was positive in me that I had to believe it in myself. And that changed the very way that she saw herself and how she started to, you know, go forward. So I think we have to remember that this is, you know, this is the potential to, to teach kids how to actually have the best relationships they can 
and the importance of actually using your relationship with them as the as the absolute way that they can have safe and productive and supportive relationships into the future. In our sixth episode, we discuss the importance of connections for young people in residential care. For many of our young people, the loss of connections and the journey through out-of-home care can result in uncertain sense of identity, and in particular, cultural identity. Dion Tatau from the Queensland Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Child Protection Peak, as well as young person Mark, both stress the importance for young people to know where they came from in order to develop a positive identity. Every young, young Aboriginal Islander person should be given the opportunity to find out who their family is so that, as I said, they can form their own identity um, and establish a sense of belonging to a particular community. But culture, no matter what culture that it is that you come from, I feel is a massive importance to finding out your own identity and who you actually are. Like without culture and someone actually going, hey, you know, this is where you come from, this is who your people are, would you like to learn more or do you just want to stay with what you know? You can't develop as a person and properly grow to understand yourself and also connect with the community and your family in a way that will really impact your life and assist you in developing. Lisa spoke about the importance of cultural identity for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people to develop self-esteem and a belief in their own capacity. You know, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children, that is about their cultural identity. It is about their place in the cultural system. It's about them understanding a pride in belonging to the oldest living culture in the world and what that gives them through the very course of their veins in going forward and being able to survive and the knowledge system that that can bring. Residential care worker Peter offers some practical thoughts and advice for carers to help young people to build a positive sense of identity around their culture. Yeah, so I think it's important that we're not tokenistic. Um, young people have their own identity and some young people don't know where their identity lies. So I think it's about being practical in terms of, you know, helping them foster what their identity can be. Um, oftentimes we kind of put people in boxes or um, oh, you're Aboriginal, so you should, you know, you should do that, or you're the authority on anything cultural. Um, we might ask that with kids as well, um, but I think in a very safe, safe and sensitive way, um, there are things that we can do to to kind of um, let them be a part of, you know, events outside of NADOC, you know, or to learn. Um, you know, things about their culture. There's also, I guess, a lot of role models that you can look at. You know, a lot of people talk about football, you know, and it's often a, a good, um, you know, you actually have a lot of um, athletes who are Aboriginal who are, are there that people can look up to. So um, I think it's about creating a range of different experiences. Peter went on to provide another great example from a service of how they built cultural pride for their Aboriginal young people by involving both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal young people in learning about Aboriginal culture. I had a staff member um, who's taken people out to Sherburn, uh, the young people out to Sherburn, and um, you know, took them around, look at the museum and things like that. And then he went another time, but he actually took other kids 
who weren't Aboriginal um, to them. And they actually learnt a lot. And I think that kind of breaks down those barriers, but it also made the, the Aboriginal young people feel proud about their culture, um, as opposed to you know, some of the negative stereotypes that are there. Having a positive identity includes having future goals, a purpose or aspirations. That is, having belief in your own potential and willingness to use that potential. Lisa talked about some questions that residential care workers would ask in a service where she was previously working. They would use those questions in order to get a better understanding of where the young person was at with regards to their sense of identity. They were questions like, what's the longest relationship you've ever had? And what's, more, what's important about it to you? You know, this tells you something about young people's support systems. We'd ask them about, you know, um, what's, who's the most important person in your life? Um, so they're different questions that you're starting to ask than, you know, what might be in the case file. They're more future oriented, you know, what, what's, your, what's the, the, the biggest goal you've got for yourself? Mm-hmm. And if kids can't tell you those things, then you know you're in more trouble and you've got to do more work. So, so getting the answers to them isn't just about getting to know someone. It's also about saying, okay, if we can't find these things, if young people don't have a goal for their future, then we've got to help create one. Because if you've got no purpose and you've got no hope, then you're in real trouble. So Lisa highlights how important it is to understand more about the young person's view of themselves and their own story in order to know what needs to be done in terms of developing positive identity. Finding this out from the young person directly helps to more effectively inform any case planning and others in the care team. If a young person has trouble identifying relationships, then it may highlight that more efforts need to be targeted around building capacity for relationships. If they struggle to identify future goals, then perhaps you'll realise that more intentional work needs to be done towards building connections. But as we've discussed, none of these things are done in isolation. In order to make connections and develop and sustain relationships, young people also need to be able to develop their emotional know-how. Finally, it's important to stress that a feeling or a sense of belonging is essential in order to develop a positive identity. We'll leave this to Howard Bath to explain. In our broader society, we value people who are unique, the trendsetters, not the trend followers, the trendsetters, um, the, the, um, the people who are distinctive, who stand out from the crowd. But often what we're hearing from young people is this yearning to be part of the mainstream, the normal. Um, now, I'm not here saying that everyone has to be normal. Because some people are uniquely different and they are, are proud of that. And in fact, many of them are leaders in their fields. But in a general sense, you have to belong before you can step out, before you can be unique. To conclude this episode, we have a few questions for reflection. Do you regularly ask young people for their opinion? It might be about things as simple as, What's your favourite thing about this dinner? What was the best part of your favourite song? Also, have you asked young people about what their goals for the future might be? This doesn't have to be career goals or educational goals, but you could start with simple things like, where's one place that you would like to visit? Or, if you could meet anyone famous, who would it be and what would you ask them? 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Peak Hair Stories of Hope and Healing on building a positive identity for young people. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the stories and examples shared help to understand how everyday work with young people helps to shape their identity. Our next three episodes are exploring how the Hope and Healing framework may be applied in important areas. We will be focusing on supporting young people during transitions, working with families and working with young people who identify as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. Just trying to provide as much support as we can to each child to meet their needs, to make them feel as safe as possible. I think it's about creating safety and stability. Um, and I think that starts from the moment we accept the young person. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and gained a better insight into what the concepts mean in your day-to-day roles with children and young people. We are indebted to the time and wisdom of our interviewees and would like to thank the Create Foundation for their support with interviewing the young people. Be sure to check out our show notes for additional resources for the episode. You can also check out our other episodes in the Stories of Hope and Healing series through your favourite podcast app or by visiting peakcare.org.au or pracademics.org.au. This has been produced and narrated by Pracademics Inc. All music has been produced by me, Matthew Schrader.